Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to be talking about Ayurveda. And if you've never heard of it, you're going to be learning a centuries-old technique for self-care. If you already think you know what Ayurveda is, you're going to be getting a new perspective on it from our guest, author Monica Bloom. Monica Bloom has been writing about Ayurveda since 2008 as a quest to help people live better according to their unique individuality. In 2015, Monica released, she wrote, designed, and illustrated the very first workbook on Ayurveda called In Your Elements, a blooming Ayurvedic guide to creating your best life. Monica is an Ayurvedic practitioner with a diploma of Ayurvedic sciences. She got her certificate in 2009, and she went to India to achieve her certification in Panchakarma, which I'm sure she'll share with us what that is. She's been a contributing author for Prana, Banyan Botanicals, Everyday Ayurveda, Spirituality Health Magazine, and Well and Good NYC, New York City. Monica has an endearing family, and I know who they are, and they're awesome. She currently works what she calls a job job with a two and a half hour daily commute in tech crazy San Francisco. She practices daily meditation on the bus to help her get through that experience, exercises regularly, has been actively sharing Ayurvedic wisdom through her blog, which I encourage you to check out. It's heymonicab.com. She says she's just like us. If she can incorporate Ayurveda into her wonky, busy schedule, we can too. I'm so excited to have her on the program. Again, heymonicab.com if you want to log in and check her out while we're chatting. Welcome, Monica. Yay! Thank you, Michelle. It's so fun to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. and. I can't wait for you to share your story. Tell us about your journey, which you told me about when we spoke offline, and I want you to share it with the listeners about how you even fell into Ayurveda. Yeah, so it's kind of a random journey, and I think that's some of the best things about life. You don't really know what you're doing walking on a path, and then all of a sudden you trip over a route, and you're like, where does this route lead? And then <laughs> it like changes your life. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, I was in the middle of what I called Project Monica, and this was back Love it. 2006, 2007, 2008. It was basically my my own quest, I guess, to eliminate you know old baggage that I've been carrying around, old beliefs, get my body nice and healthy. I was learning more about fitness nutrition. So anyways, I had a therapist, an acupuncturist, um, a life coach. Who else? I had anyways, I had a small army of people. Was this something that happened that made you kind of like switch into health mode? Along this journey, it was just like, uh, I think I'd had too much of the corporate world, too much of the going out for happy hours, too much of just being uncomfortable with myself. And I just felt like, Ugh, like I gotta, I gotta like cleanse myself out mm-hmm. or something. I have some healing to do. I yeah. felt like I just needed some healing. Okay, yeah. so I was doing all that stuff, and it was one of my. It was a sad day for me for whatever reason, and I was depressed about something. And sitting in San Francisco in my little studio apartment, it was dreary outside as it usually was. Kind of always cloudy, and I was like, "That's it. I want to disappear. And I'm just gonna go somewhere." Far and like be <laughs> sad there or rejuvenate there, whatever. I know so that I, feeling. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking for an escape. So I went online and I looked up, I was like, yoga retreat in India, because I do yoga. That sounds good to me. 
India can't be that that exotic, right? I clicked on it and said Ayurvedic food, Ayurvedic massages. And I was like, why do they keep using this word? I've seen that word. What is that mm, word? Mm-hmm. And I'd seen it somewhere before. I couldn't tell you where, but it was familiar. And so went off that website, Googled Ayurveda. I found one site that basically described um, Ayurveda is recognizing that we all are unique individuals. One size does not fit all. It's mind, body, spirit, all connected. Um, it is, uh, we, we are part of nature. It is, we are made of space, air, fire, water, and earth. And we have these things in different combinations and every combination is different for every person. And I was like, wait, what? wait, what? And you can heal yourself <laughs> with, you know, when you understand who you are, you can heal yourself, you can keep your mind clear, keep your body healthy, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And everything I read, I immediately just, I couldn't get enough. And I started crying instantly. I put my head down on the keyboard, like that guy from Sesame Street who plays the piano. He's like, I'll never get it. And he like throws his <laughs> head down. Do you remember that guy? Yes. Anyway, I threw my head down <laughs> like that and I started crying. The and- electric company people don't know what you're talking about though. Oh, <laughs> And so, and so then I started pacing around my apartment and it was like instantaneous. My ears got hot. My heart got huge. And I was like, I need to know this. I need to know this all. I need to do this. Like, why don't people know about this thing? And four days later, I was enrolled in school. Like, that was it. Like school, school in India school? No, I was, I found a school that was in Foster City. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I called there and lo and behold, they were starting a a semester starting in September. Well, isn't that funny? Right. The universe, the timing, the timing's unbelievable. Yes. I signed up for that and that was it. I was taking classes then for the next year and a half and still balancing the graphic design and the- this hit you over the head as this like holistic way of taking care of all these different things that were bothering you yes totally and i felt really stupid i was at the in the process i was interviewing for uh, a fancy design job like with some company in chicago i could work remotely from san francisco it paid good money and mm-hmm. i was like considering that and then on monday i called them and i was like yeah hi i had an epiphany about this thing called ayurveda and i can't <laughs> do this and they were like what <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I love this because you followed your passion. It, yeah. You know, it was yeah. it was something from your core. It was like, I mean, for you to cry about it is a big deal. That means there's some sort of like deep connection there with this. So I'm so glad that you're going to be sharing with us. Like you described it, you said air, fire, all these elements and these things. But what is like a basic definition of Ayurveda for somebody who doesn't know what it is or never even was familiar with the term? Yeah, well, an Ayurveda is actually um, the knowledge or science of life. That's what it means. So it's basically living according to who you are as an individual, um, mind, body, spirit, right? Mm -hmm. It is considering food. It is considering exercise. It is considering a daily routine. um, And your unique balance of these five elements sort of governs how, how you think, how you're built, um, emotional tendencies, um, and all of these things. It's pretty complex science. So Ayurveda is actually like a medical science in India. You can go to school for eight years to be an, uh, a Vedya or an Ayurvedic doctor in wow. India. Same type of schooling that we do here. And they have branches like pediatrics, eyes, nose, throat. Um, they've got aphrodisiacs. They've got psychology. So they, it's Big. Are you going to continue to go on to one of those specialties or is your certification from America different? You know, I would love to, I would love to do that someday. 
as of right now, the schooling is that you would have to, I would have to go to India for eight years to do that. And I'm not prepared to do wow, that. Wow. Eight yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like medical school. Yeah. It That's is. unbelievable. Um, yeah. But you know, more programs are popping up and um, our education is continuing to grow as more people are craving this. And as practitioners get good, they're craving more information. So I'm optimistic mm-hmm. that there will be, I'll learn, I'll be learning this forever. Absolutely. Um, and you're already sharing it, sharing your knowledge, which I do want to get into your mm-hmm. book for sure. I thought it would be interesting for you to tell us more about these elements and, and then that will lead into why you called your book In Your Elements. So what led me to writing to the book was in 2008, well, I started because remember when I was crying and pacing around my apartment, and I was like, why doesn't anybody know about this? This is a shame. Um, I, 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 so I started to put it online. I was like, everything that I learned in class, I'm like, oh, that's so good. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Why doesn't anybody know this? Why doesn't anybody know that? Do you know the world would do backflips if they knew this existed? So I started to write kind of exactly as I talk, right? Uh, with enthusiasm and yeah. um, simple teachings that people could really grasp. Because like I said, in that first, first batch of websites that I found, it was all kind of gobbledygook to me. It was a lot of Sanskrit. scientific. Uh-huh. And very clinical. Yeah, very mm-hmm, scientific. Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to change that. And so, hey, Monica B is kind of like, pe- people say hey to me all the time. I think I use the word hey a lot. And so like, <laughs> hey, you just ahead. said it to me before we got started today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're like, hey. hey. I don't so, think you say it that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So um, who's your audience then? Since you're writing in this kind of, um, it's more of like a conversational, like I'm your best friend or I'm your sister. That's right. It's so it's definitely for people who um, might have a daily grind like I do, a job, a family, a mix of both or one or the other. It's for anybody who's been craving their own self-empowerment to take care of themselves in a way that makes sense. That's not just reaching for like, oh, here's another factoid about what we should be eating or mm. what we should not be eating or here's another fad thing to try or here's a quick fix, like chia seeds are going to change your life or whatever. Yes, you know, which I, I don't even like them, but anyway. Where they started is the gauchos would keep them in a tiny little thing around their neck. Um, really? really? Yeah, and so they would eat a couple of them because they swell up in your belly and they keep you full for hours. Uh-huh. So when the gauchos were walking around through, they wouldn't need to eat. So there you go. The chia back. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, you want to eat chia seeds and, you know, whatever. More power to you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, whatever. Food is food, right? So even in Ayurveda, food is food. And it can be nectar or it can be poison depending on the person who's eating it and what state of their mind they're in when they're eating it, too. So so all these things that are out of balance um, for us, not only in America, I mean, everywhere across the world, people are stressed out all the time. What is it that puts us so out of balance? Why? would we need a book to guide us through getting it back into a place that we can manage and and feel good? I mean, because we're so disconnected. And this is why this is really why I wrote the book, because we are so disconnected from our nature. If we go to the beach, or if we spend money a full week going to Tahoe, or if you spend a full week going to wherever, Mexico, you spend most of your time outside. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason why it feels good is because outside is all the elements, space, air, fire, water, earth, the mountains, uh-huh. water, the air, the breeze, the everything. And we're made of those same five things. So when Ayurveda, macrocosm and microcosm are the same, macro meaning the big giant universe and everything way out there, mm-hmm. all the way down to the trees, the mountains, the waters, the seaweed, the, the sand crystals, everything, all the way down to our bodies, to our teeniest, tiniest cells. So just those five things. So when we spend time in nature, when we go on vacation, we feel awesome yeah. as opposed to spending our days in a man-made building or in a bus or in a bus <laughs> on a bus on a bus with your <laughs> like shaking around or you're trying to do meditation but I swear by those meditations man I'm so balanced I don't know how you do it um and and computers so we spend a lot of our time most of our time in the day in, in yeah. front of artificial I've read space. about that the yeah. the light is so bad for you right because it's fake light Mm -hmm. and so it's not sunlight and so yeah I mean sunlight's got its own issues right we have to protect ourselves from the sun because it is a gigantic fire if you want a big example of a a big piece of element like hello big fire it's the sun Mm -hmm. and so in that way we can use the sun to help us digest our food by eating at certain time when the sun is nice and strong in the sky because the fire is going to work for us as opposed to not going out when it's 85 degrees went at noon right. and going for a run or right. doing hot yoga. Which That's is exactly the- what I did the other day when you texted me. And I was actually thinking that. I was like, she's texting me. It's 12.30 p.m. and I'm on a run. She's going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you should be eating. You shouldn't be exercising. I know. for heated. Well, so it's true. So And, and people... You know, uh, one of the causes for imbalance or one of the categories for imbalance in the first place in Ayurveda is mistaken intellect. So that's another reason why I wrote the book. It's like, hey, we don't know these things. Nobody's taught us these things. These are right. the Ayurvedic teachings. It's very logical. It's very free. It's very like you don't have to do anything else. Just learn about it a little bit and you'll make yourself feel so much better and prevent so many physical imbalances, mental imbalances from happening. So that's amazing. Yeah, so how and, does but how does this work? Like how does your book guide people to this place? Sure. So it goes through it goes through the foundations first. And then it goes into, um, okay, well then let's talk about what these doshas are. So I'm going to throw out an Ayurvedic word called dosha. Yeah, so let's start there. That's the foundation, right? That's pretty much it. Well, there's, yeah, some ground rules to, to pay attention to, but these doshas are the three energies in Ayurveda. And they consist of different parts of the five elements. So the first dosha, the first energy is the energy of movement. And that's vata dosha made Mm -hmm. of air and space. Vata. Vata. V-A-T-A. Cute little word. And then you have... uh, I know you have a design to go along with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have pitta dosha, which is the energy of transformation. Okay. And that's fire and water. Because if you if you have a, you know, a matchstick and you light it on fire, what happens to the matchstick? It transforms, turns into something else, a dark mm-hmm. little side piece of thing, mm-hmm. right? And if you have a big bonfire, it'll turn into a pile of ashes. So transform stuff. Love it. Uh, yeah. The third energy, so you've got a lot of movement with vata and you got some fire and water transforming with pitta. And then you have kapha. K-A-P-H-A. So we've got vata, pitta, and kapha. And kapha is the energy of lubrication and structure. And it is the elements of water and earth. Okay. So you can see how they've gone from so very... stability. Different. That's right. The stable. The other two that's, sound like a wreck. 
<laughs> well, that's why you need to hold it all together. It's yeah. like the sticky glue, right? It's like the sticky, cold blob of yogurt. How I usually describe the three is vata is like a flippy dry leaf, like floating around, like on the curb, like a when dry a dry leaf. Yeah, like when a dry truck or when a truck drives by and it's like poof, and all the leaves are like, like that's vata energy. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and then the the pitta energy, I picture it as like a hot, sharp, almost like a snaky oil. It kind of moves like a river, moves Ooh. like a snake, and it transforms everything in its path. It kind of mixes up. So between the two of those, you'd have a really hot like tornado. You're going to be making an animated film out of this next. <laughs> Ooh, now I got another idea. And so, um, and so you need kapha, the lube, uh, lu- um, I'm sorry, energy of lubrication and structure to stick it together, to cool it down, to calm it down, to give it um, creation. Mm-hmm. Kapha is the creator. So um, during spring season, little buds on the trees come up because of lots of rain. What's rain? It's a lot of water. Huh. which is one of the elements of kapha. And also uh, in the summertime, uh, you know, the soil can get very dry and almost cracked, mm-hmm. hot, dry soil. But when it is springtime, the water makes it more muddy, more earthy, because that's when things grow. Uh-huh. So, so this is the- interesting. So yeah. these, these elements, how does this relate then to our bodies? Oh, so cool. So... Our bodies, if you can think about, now I'll just say that all of us will gravitate toward being one or two, not being, having one or two of these doshas in, um, as, as the, like the dominant type. So, okay. so it's be, like in combinations, like we right. have a little bit of, of two do- doshas at least. That's right. Yeah. And usually one will lead. One will be the strongest one. And then you'll have maybe a secondary. For me, I have two that are equal. I'm a vata pitta straight down the middle. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, you're flying all over the place with fire. <laughs> I have no kapha. Well, I mean, I married a kapha, so that helps. Oh, but, God, um, that's perfect. But yeah, so it's always uh, th- this constant check of how to balance. And when I say how to balance, it is in Ayurveda, like increases like. So if you have, if you're a Vata type person and you are windy, dry, cold, fast, I know you guys are like, how are we supposed to know all this? There's a lot of information on my my website and we can talk more about it too. Um, You know, cold and windy, uh, fast moving, dry. This person is going to want to slow down, stay warm, eat moist foods, all of the opposite things of their nature in order to stay in balance. Because if we have like increases like, they will get very cold, they'll get very windy. And by windy, that has a lot to do with the mind and how fast our mind races and how Mm. fast our mind goes. Um, You know, same thing for pitta. Pittas are hot, sharp, oily, mobile, and smooth. Those are their qualities. Mm. So if they eat spicy foods, that's right. That's going to that's going to give them more of the heated element. Yeah, and sometimes what um, I'll give you a little quiz. What does spicy foods sometimes cause? And it starts in the chest. Oh yeah, acid reflux. Yes, acid reflux and or heart burn. Uh-huh. Anything with burn in it is a good clue that that's too much heat in our body. Sunburn, mm-hmm. really, it's too much heat, and so pitta people will actually burn very easily in the sun because they've already got the fire element okay. in them. Okay. And so wait, and so then, okay, so pittas need cooling, soothing, calming 
things to to cool and soothe their fire. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody, before we find out about Kaffa, I'd like to remind you about one of NOL's amazing partners, Alpha Levo IQ. Now, you may have heard about supplements that increase memory, increase focus and concentration, and, and so on. And while I'm not encouraging you to follow any kind of trends, I do think that this particular supplement is really cool and worth checking out and worth trying out. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Alpha Levo IQ is a neurocognitive enhancer. It's made up of a special blend of all natural ingredients like vitamin B6, vitamin B12, folate, zinc, ginkgo biloba, and a plant called Huperzia serrata, which is a type of club moss that contains memory-boosting nootropic compound Huperzine A. This extract of this plant has been used in the traditional medicine of China for centuries and is widely distributed over-the-counter as both an herbal Alzheimer's treatment and as a cognitive enhancement supplement, and it's part of Alpha Levo IQ. And by the way, Alpha Levo is caffeine-free. Now check this out. As an NOL listener, you can get five free bonuses with your first order, including the power of directed dreaming, create your perfect life in your sleep, and limitless how to turbocharge your brain and raise your IQ. So kind of cool additional content if you order today. And, you know, I mean, with all the multitasking that we're all doing today, check it out. See if it helps you focus more, uh, increase your memory, and get you to get more tasks done in less time. I'm all about that kind of stuff. So give it a try by visiting alphanol.com. Let me know what you think. And, you know, Alpha Levo IQ and Edge Bioactives are uh, helping to support the continued production of this podcast. So I really encourage you to support their product. Uh, I certainly do. Now back to the show to learn more about Kapha Dosha with the amazing Monica Bloom. Kaffas, heavy, wet, sticky, they're that like glob of yogurt, right? Mm-hmm. So they need some of that spice. That's right. That's they... why your husband was attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> he sprinkled he... a little bit of that fire. <laughs> I love that you said that because it's so true how relationships work. Oftentimes you'll see a very sturdy um, whether it's a woman or a man, very sturdy person, then you might see this spindly little thing that's like their <laughs> partner. And it's like the two of them like, oh, you know, she lights me up. She makes me feel so light. She's like a bird. Like she can fly. Like she's so light and airy. And the, and she might say, oh, but his hugs are just the best. And I feel so grounded when, mm-hmm. he, when he puts his arms around me and I can just snuggle into his earthy. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, a big bear hug. So that's how they work together. So you mentioned something about, oh gosh, this is so much information. And like, how can we know what our specific dosha combo is? Like, how do we find out if we're Vata Pitta or what? Is there a questionnaire? How can you help? Well, there's a lot of them online for sure. And they all vary. Um, I do have one on my site. If you go to my site, heymonicab.com, there's a dosha test up at the top. It's also in my book. Um, So you can go ahead and go on there. And I would recommend no matter what dosha test you take, answer the questions, not necessarily as you are today. Answer them according to who you are naturally. And so it might take you thinking back to you know, grade school or high school or before you collected like a million years worth of weird habits. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. like, try and find out because that's where you'll get to your root because our doshas 
our innate doshas, the ones that we're born with, our combo doesn't change. Aha. So that's a good piece of information. So it's not like we can change it. And if we're super pitta, that we can't just become kapha tomorrow. You can't. But through balancing, you can bring in more kapha, which keeps your pitta in check. So you won't have pitta problems. There are you know, virtues and vices for both of them, right? For all of them. There's good things and bad things about everything. Always a yin yang. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go through. Just give me like, give me one or two, like for each body type. Yeah, lots of people are uh, light and spindly, kind of like a bird. They talk fast, walk fast, have a million things going on. Their head's usually going a million miles an hour, multitasking, do 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 like a busy little bee. That's a vata. <laughs> That's totally you. Ooh, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I talk very, very slowly. Um, uh, so anyway, so yeah, well, and it's true. The conscious thing is vata say slow down because people don't, can't always catch your speed. Mm-hmm. Get them confused. So for vata people... Anything like icy cold beverages. Remember I said vatas are cold. They love, they will gravitate toward. Another thing in Ayurveda is when you're imbalanced in your dosha, you'll crave more of the stuff that imbalances you and mm-hmm. keeps you imbalanced. Mm-hmm. So an imbalanced vata might crave like icy icy beverages. Uh-huh. Or frozen icy. yogurt. Oh, yeah. Frozen mm-hmm. yogurt. Give me all the cold stuff. Cold, cold, cold. I want cold because I'm already cold. Oh, now I'm cold. <laughs> I'm put Whatever, you know, the bubbly water for sure. Because what's in bubbly water? Air and space. Uh-huh. Make the bubbles. Air and space. <laughs> and it makes the energy go the wrong way. Like bubbles go up. Our energy should be going down and out. Like we want to eat food, process it, poop it, or pee it out, right? Like that's <laughs> what you should do. So the bubbles make it go the wrong way, and they get then they get hiccups. Uh huh. Or like, burping or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they'll crave bubbles. They'll crave <laughs> or the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Or tutoroonies, right? So vatas will totally be tutti. They're the by far the gassiest of all three of them. That's the best term I've ever heard for it in my life. Tutoroonies. <laughs> tutoroonies. <laughs> I just finished vatas vices because also like candy, fake sugars, gum, coffee. That's like, okay. So Wait, then can- candy? Oh, yeah, they'll love candy. They just want candy because it's a quick fix, like sugar jolts. Aha. When they feel weak and passy-outy, like vatas can do if they don't eat, they're just like, give me something sugary because it goes right to the bloodstream and it makes them feel okay for a hot second. And then they're like, and then they get the sugar shakes and stuff. <laughs> All right. So you said candy and what were the other ones? Fake sugars and gum. They gum. love gum. Yeah. I love my sugar, yeah. gum, caffeine, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Well, and gum, if you think about what you do with gum, it's kind of like fidgeting with your mouth, like you're always moving. Mm-hmm. So if a vata needs to stay still, gum, plus you're swallowing all this extra air, which you <laughs> yes. don't really need, and then you're getting bloated, and then you're like, why am I bloated? It's ah, that explains yes. that. All right. <laughs> so what about pittas? Okay. So uh, pittas, um, imbalanced pittas or pittas vices might be like uh, super sweets, like sugary foods, chocolate, like they might always want like a sweet thing for dessert um, because sweet foods actually are cooling in Ayurveda. And so hot body people will crave cooling things, sweet things. Um, they like chocolate. They will want spicy foods, uh, even though they shouldn't have them. Like, oh, yeah, my spice. Like if you have a pizza mm-hmm. on your hands, really, they will crave it. They will crave red meat. They will crave alcohol. Let's and go will- get Mexican tonight with margaritas. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And they'll get like the fajita platter and they'll eat a large quantity of food. And so sometimes, because they have strong digestion, uh, we have a digestive fire behind our belly buttons. And so pizza is the only dosha with fire in them. So they can handle a lot of food, mm-hmm. but sometimes they overdo it. And then they can turn into 
could actually turn into a kapha imbalance then because they're too weighted, they're too heavy, they're too, they're too static mm-hmm. um, for their own body. But anyways, those are, their, those are uh, pitta's vices. That's usually what they crave and they shouldn't. Okay. Um, kapha's vices are like heavy comfort foods, right? So we want kapha to stay light, dry, and mobile because they're a heavy, wet, sticky blob of yogurt, right? <laughs> And so we you just make them things. sound so appealing, Monica. But like a kaffa, like everybody loves a kaffa. Like they are the world's glue. They're the happiest. They're the most peaceful. Yeah. Um, kaffa's vices, because they should stay light, warm, spicy. Movement are heavy foods, highly sugary foods, high salt, high fat, like fried foods, like very rich, savory, buttery, all that stuff. Like that's a vice for them. Um, in our bodies, kapha, one of the places kapha lives is in the mouth and on the taste, in the, inside the mouth. Like our saliva, the water in our mouth goes rushing in to start to digest our food. Huh. And so um, kapha has an affinity for the sense of taste. They love food. They love to taste it. But their problem is they can eat too much of it. Mm-hmm. Too much of it because they actually don't need that much because they ha- they're sturdy. Um, they can also. Uh, so when you they, say they're sturdy, they can also be tend to be overweight. That's right. They can tend to be um, heavy, um, but I want to make sure that everybody understands. Kaffa being a kaffa does not mean that you are fat by any means. Mm-hmm. It means you're sturdy. You have bigger bones. You have thicker skin. Um, most uh, kaffas tend to be the healthiest of the doshas because their mind is so uh, grounded and stable. Their emotional state of being is usually happy. Their nature is to be happy. Wow. I'm yeah. envious of the kaffas. Everybody is. Everybody <laughs> wants to be a kaffa. And here I'm sitting. They're all the chilled out. They're no. like they're like the state of Hawaii, it they sounds are. like. <gasps> well, think about Hawaiians, man. Yeah. They're all kaffas. They're like, doodly-doo. Doodly-doo. Doodly I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat my, but then they have some, you know, and they can eat those thick, whatever that yeah. stuff's called. Any other vices for kaffa that we missed? A lot of TV, too much couch oh. potato syndrome, um, and too much time alone, which uh-huh. will make sad. Wow. So these are these are some really good, you know, quick points so that the listeners can be like, oh, yeah, I definitely do stuff like that and push them towards taking that that questionnaire on your website. By the way, hey, Monica B is what it is, everybody, um, if you want to go do that now. But I'm curious, um, you're talking about all these doshas um, in with respect to humans. Do animals does the animal kingdom have? Okay, so um, um, in nature, Vata can be represented by a bird. It's light, it's fluttery, it's actually got hollow bones, air and space in there. It can soar, it can fly, but also they're a little bit klutzy, like they bonk into windows sometimes. They're like, doing, doing. And, but, but if you get a really balanced like bird, like an eagle, like they will soar. Yeah. Um, beautiful animals. And so wow. they'll eat mostly like little twiggy things and little leafy things. And sometimes they'll eat a little bit of wormy protein, mm-hmm. which is same for vata, right? They're going to have that kind of balance on their, on their diet. Mostly vegetables, fruits are good for them. Nice, great grains, uh, grounding comfort foods, and a little bit of protein is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so pittas, pittas in nature um, can be represented by a lion. Aha. They are the king of the jungle. They are the leader. They are the mm-hmm. hunter. They are not afraid of conflict. In fact, they will create conflict sometimes because they transform stuff. 
That's their job. So Pitta type people will sometimes argue and debate or like talk about their opinions and, you know, how things they might feel a little controlling, not always, Mm -hmm. um, but they definitely want their way because they are a leader type person. So in the jungle, uh, uh, lions are muscular, Mm -hmm. they're athletic, they're a hunter, they eat meat which relates to yeah, uh, muscle in the body when it's digested, turns into um, muscle tissue, which is also governed by pitta in the body. So those are lions, right? And protector of his, of his pride. Mm-hmm. Oh, physically and <laughs> his whatever. Territory. Yes. And so any guesses on what you think a kapha would be in nature? A sloth. Well, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good guess. Um, but they're a actually... Seal? No, they, they are the biggest kind oh, elephant, elephant, mm-hmm. loving kind. They have no natural predators. The only predator for elephant is man. They are the strongest. They are vegetarian. They move slowly. They're doing it right. That's right. So, so this is interesting because the animals, it doesn't sound like they get out of balance the way humans do. They do it the way they're supposed to be doing it. They are naturally attracted to the foods that they should be eating for their particular constitution, right? That's right. Because nobody, like, they are pure nature. And so they just do the things that feel best. And I think, you know, even in the book, it's like, hey, guys, don't overthink this. Like, Mm. listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Who are you hanging out with that it doesn't feel good to be yeah. around that person? You know what? This is the problem with humans. We think True. we have this ability to think through things and we screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dang humans. <laughs> the animal true. kingdom has it so much easier. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if we took a step back and were a bit more intuitive about the things that we were doing um, and we actually thought about, you know, how do I feel when I eat this food yeah. or jeepers, creepers, now I got um, heartburn. What the heck did I just eat mm-hmm. that caused that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, that a lot of that is in the book too. It's it's like, hey, but look behind and see what you did and it's okay. There's no judging. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no judging is allowed in Ayurveda, at least yeah. my Ayurveda. I don't well, judge I anything. joke. I joke about humans ruining it. But we do have all these complexities with we us do. that animals don't. And so it's difficult, I think, because of the, the way society is today with our busy lifestyles and everything to stay in tune with nature. I mean, how difficult. Super hard. Yeah. That's why I wrote a flipping book because I got a two and a half hour daily commute. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) You had to release it somehow. Get it out of me. So we've been talking a lot about the body. Um, I I know we don't have a ton of time left, but can you give us a a quick case study of a client or someone that you recommended some of these things to and the results? Can I tell you my favorite story? Yes. About this. So I was a wee tiny like intern student doing like my internship, right? So this gal calls me. She's like, I've had IBS for 12 years. I've been to seven specialists and nobody can come in. I'm like, seriously, I'm a flipping intern. Like, how am I supposed to? I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's maybe talk about your diet and lifestyle. By the way, 90% of our imbalances, physical and mental, can be cured by diet and lifestyle mm. or prevented by diet 90 percent alone that's 90 percent 90 percent that's huge most, yes most of our imbalances can be avoided by having a healthy wow uh, lifestyle that's powerful of, and diet yeah so easy so, 
I know, I know. So uh, I was talking to her and she said, well, Saiba, I have this idea, so blah, blah, blah. And so we go through all of the things, which by the way, are in the book. It's basically the questions that I ask to try and get to the root cause of what has caused this imbalance. What are you eating? What is your routine? Um, what time are you sleep? What time do you go to bed? Do you sleep all night? Did you poop every day? What's it look like? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And so she said, you know, uh, that she was putting... Splenda or Sweet Mo or something like that in her coffee every morning. And I was like, how long have you been doing that? She's like, oh, like since college or whatever. And I was like, oh, why don't you stop that for a week and see what happens? I kid you not, no more IBS. Wow. That's it. That was it. Her body wow. did not make it. The reason why. So go back to nature, right? When we put things in our body in Ayurveda, it should be very close to nature because that is us and that is our home. When we eat foods that are too far away, like if you can't pick it off a tree or pick it from the ground or whatever, if it's not close to nature, we're, our mm. body is not going to be able to absorb it and use it as well. And she, hers was just kicking it out the other end. Mm. It's like, oh God, not another fake sugar. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. And so over time, that's how we can get these imbalances. But she wasn't listening to her body. She wasn't making that connection. So no, I also don't think that she would have ever second guessed. Like if they sell it in a grocery store, why would it ever right? be back to me? So how do you help people then to, to change that or shift that perspective? Like listen to your body. How, how can you listen to your body if you're not used to it? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people get confused because they're like, I'm listening to my body, but I don't even know what, what it's saying. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know what it's saying. It doesn't like something. So that's part of what I teach in my webinars and in the book. It's like, okay, these are the very basics. You can ask yourself these questions simply. Um, what foods are good for vatas? You know, mm -hmm. and I talk about them and it's like, what foods do you eat? <laughs> you know, and then they might listen. And then what foods could you in incorporate that are more vata balancing? Got and it. They write that down. They go, oh, I just need to eat more, you know, macaroni and cheese or whatever, you know, a mm -hmm. rice dish instead of having a raw salad for lunch. Right. Right. So, so this is great. So yeah. you give them kind of like simple ways to integrate um, new choices into their lifestyle that fits their dosha combination that should, in theory, make them feel better, have more energy, um, be able to get better sleep, all those things, right? All those things. All those things that people complain about and they reach for, they, you know, go to a doctor and the doctor is like, well, shoot, doctor's super busy because people are coming to them for simple things like this. So this is like at home, at home care. All these things are like at home care. Like we can prevent most things. Mm -hmm. We can. And, um, I think a lot of us go running to the doctor because we don't listen to subtle subtle things and then it gets out of hand, it goes on for too long and then we're like, well, now something's a real problem. But a doctor doesn't know Ayurveda. A doctor knows um, tests and science. Symptoms. And, and symptoms, yeah. yeah. So they'll fix those. And, and they Ayurveda, don't go to the root cause. That's exactly right. And that's what Ayurveda does. It's like, like mm -hmm. okay, treat the symptoms with Western medicine, fine, but alter your diet and lifestyle mm. so that you can prevent this from coming back yes. and so that you can have strong digestive fire mm. and you can have good sleep and you can have daily good poops that, you know, are well-formed. <laughs> we all like those. Yes. All we all is. like those. It's very, very when freeing. Vatas have, when vatas have good poops because they tend to be constipated, they, they want to hug people. <laughs> they immediately become a kapha. They do. They're like, I'm so happy that happened. <laughs> But also, I mean, people need to realize who are listening that this is a process. This is a, a lifestyle change. It's not a quick pill. It's not like you could take some herbs or, um, you know, just stop taking the sweet and low. And lo and behold, your life is instantaneously perfect, right? That's it's right. It's ongoing. 
ongoing and it is slowly we make the changes. So when making Ayurvedic changes, I always recommend uh, doing one or two at a time, doing them for a couple weeks. Once it's a habit and it's ingrained, you can add another or a couple. I mean, the truth is we have a lot of things that we could change, but even just making simple changes to one or two is going to make you feel a lot better. And I'm glad you brought that up, that it's lifelong because, uh, you know, it's not a finish line high five and we're done. I'm healthy. Yeah. It is lifelong daily little things that make a huge difference. But that shouldn't be overwhelming. Like it shouldn't be this thing where people are like, oh, shit. I like I can't. That thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> can't. I gotta eat that ice cream. I also like cupcakes and I like a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's like many glasses of wine, Monica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so those things are to be enjoyed, but if you had too many glasses of wine for too long, you would not feel so good. Right. There's too many days in a row because it catches up and it builds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, I know. You know <laughs> yeah, we're talking about balance. It's like, okay, here's your balance. Like if somebody's birthday, have a cupcake. Can you have a cupcake every day? No, because you'll probably notice some effects from that. Mm-hmm. Or um, having a salad for lunch every single day, you'll start to notice that you're bloaty and puffy in the guts because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not easy to digest those kinds of mm-hmm. foods. So you can have something bad once in a while. It's okay, yeah. but you got you got to know how to balance it. Yeah, and yeah. no judging, right? Life is to be enjoyed. Um, one really quick thing, also about food, is it's not just what you eat in Ayurveda; it's how you eat. So eat with a peaceful mind, eat with happiness. Um, mm. One of our teachers said that if you have to, um, you know, you're hungry at the end of the day, but you want to make a really good organic home cooked meal, and you go to the grocery store and you go to the organic food thing, and then you wait in line, and then you go, and then you drive in traffic to get home. But she's like, by the time you get home, it's two hours later, you're starving, you're probably really crabby to try and make this great food. She's like, you'd be better off to get something prepared. You know, she said like a burger or whatever. I say whole foods, like prepared foods or something like that. And she said, go get the food right away when you're hungry, sit down in a park uh-huh. and enjoy your meal. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, I would love to have you back again for another episode to talk more about these benefits um, in the mind, right? Mm-hmm. So how these changes with diet and with the lifestyle in that regard can make differences in the way that you approach life, or your relationships, your work, all of that so kind good. of stuff. So good. Yeah. There's so much more that this, that this science of life, Ayurveda, can help you achieve, right? Mm-hmm. And it is big, girl. We can talk about this like <laughs> uh, like for an hour every day for yeah. the rest of our lives. Totally. I love it. Choose what we think our favorites well, are. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I, I also said that you may share something about Panchakarma, but I'm going to leave that as a cliffhanger yeah. for the next time you come back and you're going to explain what that's all about so people want to come back. In the meantime, everybody listening, Monica is so cool, as you've heard. And so I encourage you to reach out to her. Uh, she's at heymonicab.com, as in Monica Bloom. And uh, reach out to her there um, if you have any questions, if you want to get her recommendations. Um, for your particular dosha combo um, or get some treatments from her. Um, What else you got going on, Monica? Webinars? Mm, Oh, yeah. We got webinars. Um, I have – I've been doing some videos – um, I have, what else do I have going on? There's a bajillion things. I'm redoing my website. Not that that's exciting for anybody else except me. But um, <laughs> It will be exciting. The yeah, cost, you the, know. The consumer experience. Yeah, you know, and I, I love art. I love art and design. So I'm going to be creating a little bit more art and design um, with my site for like freebie things that can just enliven people a little yeah. bit. Who doesn't like a little bit of art? 
I love that you are living your passions, inspiring others, sharing great knowledge. So happy that you spent time with me on Nothing Off Limits and definitely want to have you back again. Yay. Thank you, Michelle. Big love to you. Big hugs. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Hey, everybody. We have Monica coming right back right away with part two, where we dive into the benefits of Ayurveda for the mind. And hopefully by now you've taken your dosha test on her website. I'm Avada Pitta. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.